Brady. Welcome to another edition of The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm your host, Darren Long. With me, as always, the Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management, Jeremy Wiseman. And we are going to be spending some time today sharing a little bit of knowledge about our favorite markets, the world of physical precious metals. In particular, gold and silver. We'll have a little say about those two metals a little bit of uh, follow-up, a briefing, if you will, Jeremy, on how our seminar went this past weekend. Mm-hmm. For those that celebrated the wonderful Valentine's Day, I hope you enjoyed it. It's been a good and busy week for me personally, and uh, I certainly hope that everybody had fun. If you came to that seminar, we want to thank you for having spent the day with us. It was a great event. We opened up a lot of accounts. Congratulations to those that did decide to open up accounts. That was by numbers, one of the best uh, days we've had for registered accounts uh, to date. And it is no surprise why we had that. It turns out, Jeremy, we're going to spend some time through the show talking about it, but people are tuned in. They are paying attention to where the world is heading. We're going to spend some time talking about some of the pitfalls to be looking out for right now as an investor. The market, unfortunately, folks, seems to be turning a corner, and the analysis on that market seems to be talking about the lack of a soft landing. So we're going to touch base on a little bit of what's happening there. We've got an exciting interview to discuss between Jim Cook, uh, one of the precious metals heavyweights, and I would say the silver heavyweight of all time, which is Ted Butler. For those that don't know, look him up. He is a wonderful, wonderful individual, been in the silver market, analyzing, owning, buying, selling, helping people through these markets for four decades and uh, is very well respected. So he had an interview. He had a lot to say on silver in particular. And uh, Jeremy, a little bit of pink diamond news from El Rosa, one of the largest diamond mines in the entire world. They found a pink. Not used to that happening. They've only really found two large pinks in their history of existence. What does this say about the mine? Does it say that more supply is coming on? We're going to talk about that and much, much more. And we found a flawless. We found a yellow flawless, a vivid which uh, was hard to do, but given the amount of demand we had for the last one and how fast that one was snapped up, we have one to present today, which I think most people are going to agree is just absolutely an opportunity the color, to take past. The color is ridiculous. Like the Zimmy Yellow. It is so Beautiful. good. Yeah, very deep, very deep. So we'll talk about that, throw that into the mix. But to get started, let's throw out that number, one eight seven seven eight silver or guildhallwealth.com. We're taping the show on Thursday, February 14th, so it is Valentine's Day. And uh, as we tape this show, prices of gold and silver uh, just a little bit off of their peaks of the week, silver trading in the 1550 to 1560 range, while gold hovering in the 1305 to 1310 range, and both looking very positive. From a buy perspective, this is exactly what you want to see. Prices jumped up. They rallied from mid-November until about a week ago, and this is your first nice breathing point where you can settle in and grab some more. Yeah, there, there's a great opportunity to buy on, on the dip. And uh, part of that is, you know, there what as you said, there's been some good gains in the market recently. So, you know, perhaps it's taking a bit of a breather. The other aspect is that uh, the Fed pulled a 180. They've, uh, you know, they're they're backpedaling now on raising interest rates, and the market has construed that as everything's back to normal. We'll reflate the bubble, and interest rates will stay where they are, or maybe even go down from here. And so, hey, let the buybacks begin. So corporate corporate buybacks are are on the rise again, and it's as though nothing nothing happened in in December. And I think that that is incredibly erroneous on the part of the markets and irresponsible of them actually to think that way. That hey, well it's back to business as usual. How much money can a corporation borrow to buy back its own stock? Where's the limit, Darren? Apparently, there is no limit in this market, folks. There is going to be a continuing uh, emphasis put on the long term holding those positions that's what you'll hear from all of the people in the money world that this is a gradual and slow growth economy it is anything but there is lots of evidence out there to suggest that the exact thing that we predicted many moons ago would be happening is currently in place and the perfect storm is seriously brewing at this point in time let's start with an article called we're way overdue for a sell everything no fred no fed rescue recession 
And it is from our uh, friend, obviously, that we watch and read a lot of, Charles Hugh Smith. Yeah. Uh, this was one posted... Of the... One of the best writers out he there, for sure. On writer. these type of subjects, he's incredible. He did go through. He did go a little crypto crazy for a little while, and he's right back to the precious metals again. Well, he can't blame him for that. Everybody did, but he, in this article, which was posted all over the internet, we got it from of two minds, his blog, his personal blog, and he opens up this article by saying, "We're way overdue for a sell everything recession, one that the Fed will only make worse." by pursuing its usual policies of lowering interest rates and goosing easy money. He says, as I noted last week, central banks like generals always fight the last war until the war is lost. The global economy is careening into recession. Call it a slowdown if you are employed by the corporate state media. And while we don't know yet just how deep this recession will be we can make an educated guess that it won't be a repeat of any of the previous five recessions and he says 73 74 81 82 90 91 2001 to 2 or 2008 to 9 he says that recessions triggered by energy or financial crises tend to be short and shallow as the crisis soon eases Recessions caused by structural imbalances, which he is implying this is exactly where we're at, tend to be enduringly brutal. Many recessions are structural, but the triggering event is a short-term crisis. Some recessions savage specific sectors, but leave most of the economy relatively unscathed. Others will disrupt virtually everything, even the generally impervious to recession government sector. So he's going to run down in this article as we step away from that for a moment. And the main theme here is that he is trying to put into a nutshell, in essence, exactly what we were talking about before the show. This is that governments will not let up on their verbiage about the gradual growth of an economy, that things are all right, that we're going in the right direction. And no sooner then do we discuss this, then you bring to my attention that corporate buybacks are a perfect way to summarize this concept. And in fact, they're as, uh, they're as busy as they've ever been. And companies around the world, especially in the West, continue to buy back their own stocks. And this is, if not uh, one of the hallmark signs of uncertainty about where the future lies uh, within a growing economy at the very front end of that rebirth, totally acceptable. But here at the tail end where the clock is now turning away from 12 noon and the stock market is heading down into recession territory, it is a cry for help from that part of the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you think about uh, an, a record number of Americans are behind on their car payments, for instance. That's and you crazy. Just say car it, payments. And, and, and there was an article talking about the, um, the corporate buybacks and it's saying that most people are selling so who is the buyer? The buyer are, are corporations because they can buy an enormous amount of stock and push it up quickly. So you know you look at that rebound in the in in that uh, in in the Dow, for instance, and it's been amazing. But let's not forget that the debts are out of control. The Fed has stopped trying to pay down the the balance their balance sheet, which ballooned to over four and a half trillion, and I believe it's still over four trillion at this point. Um, there is an economic slowdown. And after this 10-year expansion, where are we? People are struggling. And the only people aren't struggling are borrowing money at record low numbers, right? Low, low interest rates. And they're getting ready for massive bonuses as a result because they pushed the stock market up. I mean, that is the new normal of the hollowing out of America is you're going to get uh, you know, some corporate CEO who gets a major bonus because the stock price went up because he borrowed money to put it in there or she borrowed the money to put it in there. And what has that actually done to the economy? You've got to keep your eye on the prize. The debts are out of control. The money printing is out of control. The only thing the government can do is tax wealth and steal it from you with inflation. So you see the price of coffee going up, the price of energy going up, the price of your groceries going up. You see people saying, I want higher wages. Well, that means that product prices go up. And so you see the inflation happening. And the Fed is completely handcuffed to try to fight any of that, which, of course, it's their fault in the first place. So the dollar is worthless. 
you want to look at that index and see it rising and say that it's got some sort of magic to it, that it's, that it's worth something, it's worthless. And the Canadian dollar's not far behind it. And so it's all just a confidence game. It's a confidence racket. They're rearranging the, the, the chairs on the deck. And you got to be hip to that. You have to understand that. And if you're not willing to protect yourself against that loss of wealth, you know, I can tell you, I personally think that when that collapse happens, when the next downturn happens, and you hear more and more people saying they are very worried about the next downturn, you're going to see those, those $80,000 salary hosts on CNBC who've not been buying gold. They've been putting their fortune into the stock market because they're drinking the Kool-Aid. They are going to freak. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com is the website to go to. There you can do, as so many have done this month, get into registered accounts. You can put gold and silver in an RSP. That deadline fast approaches. It is the end of the month. For those that are putting new funds in there, you have to get it done immediately. For those doing transfers, you can take your time, but we can put physical gold and silver into RSPs, into TFSAs, into Liras. For those close to retirement, this is an awesome opportunity to give you an extra added level of safety and security by owning a physical hard asset such as gold or silver. When we come back, more on the Charles Hugh Smith article, we're going to revisit the various periods he discussed that were recessionary periods in the US and we're going to look at some of those defining features. Are we there now? Do we see some of those similarities and uh, what might be the one and only way to save your wealth if you're paying attention? So once again, the number to call 18778silver or go over to guildhallwealth.com and uh, get yourself some bullion right there. Give us a call, get the free investor kit, get on the mailing list for the every once a week Precious Metals newsletter. It is a wonderful jam-packed way to get a single email from us giving you an update on the markets. And as I said, when we come back, lots more to discuss on The Real Money Show. You are listening with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Here we are back with The Real Money Show, Guildhall Wealth Management, one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com is the website and in doing this show since 2008 it does become unfortunately a little bit difficult to figure out great ways to re-enter into each segment but when you're talking about super fantastic incredible ultimate call it what you will markets of gold and silver you can't help but see the passion and share that passion with the people who share it with you now jeremy we just had a seminar this past weekend on the 9th of February and it was well attended and something that's never happened before usually one of us will put on the seminar we will discuss for 30 40 minutes all of the various logistics of getting into the market a little bit about the uh, accounts themselves and mm -hmm. all of the particulars lots of transparency it's the hallmark of that whole presentation really is talking about what it costs and essentially you'll see people will either <clears throat> want to have a drink, a refreshment, ask a few questions, and then head on their way, and they'll make a decision at a later point in time, or they will stay and open up an account. This time, not only did 90% of the people sitting in the audience stay, but a half of those people asked for a second seminar, said, hey, can you go into the in-depth analysis on the marketplace? Can you talk more about the fundamentals of silver and gold? Can you share with us some more ideas about gold or silver which one should i be in yeah when i when i left you were you were still giving a seminar on the fundamentals no. of the market i had a picture of you well into the evening still still uh still talking away about the, the markets but you know look ultimately um i think what was understood at that at the seminar and this is why we encourage people to come to seminars so watch out for the next one that we have is we walk investors through the process of how to hold the physical product in an RSP. Um, why it's important to have gold it can be a secondary discussion, but this is really about what makes us different from the others. And as you said, Darren, it's all about transparency. It's all about the service. And mostly it's how do you, how does the owner of gold and silver in an RSP know 100% that this product is theirs, that there's no contract in between 
that that allocation and segregation is legitimate and can we hold the product? How do we go and hold the product? How does it pass the smell test of if you can't hold it, you don't own it? Well, if you look at it from the perspective of uh, simplicity, I don't think, and this is what our crowd agreed with, that there is a much simpler way to put your money into any investment, to own an asset, other than to tangibly buy something that you can touch, hold, feel, see, and is not paper, is not subject to some third party or how well the company's doing. It's straight ahead. You can't reprint gold. Yeah, uh, it's money. Bar. It's money. It's, it's money. Currency. And and when you're when you're looking at at holding physical gold or silver in a registered account versus putting it into mutual funds or something like this where there's an advisor and who's really managing the account and who am I paying that MER to and all of these different things. Look, we're not saying don't own, don't have investments. We don't view gold and silver as an investment. We view it as money and it's a way to store wealth, right? Money that, that is a solid form of stored wealth is what you're looking for. Right. You can't store your, your wealth in a currency that's politicized, that's fiat, that is backed only by the confidence that the citizens have for it, or in the states of the U.S., the, their and, military might. And e right? liquid in many parts of the world. Look, they went bankrupt in 1971. They, the, you could no longer convert your gold into a commodity. That meant it was worthless. It had no backing whatsoever. How we've managed to stay on that dollar for this long. You know, the next question that we hear a lot from, from our clients and, and, and potential clients is, well, do you think there'll be a reset? Who cares? It doesn't matter. If you have physical gold or silver, if you have an asset that is storing your wealth, does it matter if there's a reset? Does it matter if the currency collapses? Does it matter? You know, they're not, and even if there was, it's not going to be... Um, I always kind of jest with people about horoscopes. You're never going to read a horoscope and say, today's the day, my friend. Today's the day you're going to find love. Yeah. I'm telling you, you walk down to your local Starbucks and it's going to happen. That's you don't right. get that. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It's like Greece went bankrupt. They never called it a bankruptcy, but that's what it was. So even if there was a reset, we're probably well in the middle of it right now. That's why all these other countries are buying gold like crazy because someone's going to bring confidence back to their currency by saying, well, ours is convertible. Let's remind the people, 2018 is the largest year of central bank buying for gold outside of 1971, the year in which Nixon ended the gold standard in the U.S. So that is very important to remember these uh, points because they happen over very long periods of time. And if we look back at this Charles Hugh Smith article that we started in the first, now go ahead. One last thing, one last thing. The U.S. dollar is owned over two-thirds by... Americans. One third is the Fed. The other third is, you know, pension funds and all of these things buying the bonds. And then you've That's got a bunch thirds. of, well, well, I mean, you know, the people themselves is right. what I'm saying. So Half they, quarter, they make quarter. up the right. one third, Fed makes up the other third. And the other third is by a bunch of other countries where, you know, we, we need to do the research on where they're getting the funds to buy these, these, these treasuries and whatnot. But you can see why there would be, um, motivation to protect the dollar if 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 two-thirds of the country own it and nobody else well they sometimes say that the face of evil is referred to as addiction and unfortunately the world is addicted to the u.s dollar and has been for and some low time. credit and it has caused the u.s to be in a position of leverage to say to those parts of the world you have two choices continue on status quo or we'll just drop a bomb on you you know we'll come and bring war to your door and you've seen it. You saw it in Iraq. You're seeing it in all kinds of parts of the world. You're seeing it with Russia and their problems with their particular region, the uncertainty there. You're seeing it with threats of uh, engagement in economical warfare, where you're rationing other countries or taking away industrial supply, uh, imports, exports. Iran is a perfect example of that. They have insane amounts of inflation bordering on two, three hundred percent per year, which you take to buy for milk today is twice or three times uh, a week from now. And so these things are happening in, in like Greece and like other situations. We're not hearing any about it because the media is state run. 
here. People don't want to admit it, but it is. It's owned by a very small conglomerate of very wealthy one percenters, and those people control the opinions shown on those airs. So whether you're watching Fox, whether you're watching CNN, you're on the left or the right, doesn't make a difference. Doesn't matter. It's about the money. It's about the money. It's about the money. That's right. So and if, look at the debts. If they're not coming down, your economy is not doing well. And you can say it's doing as well as you want it to say. Well, then tell me, show me that you're paying off the debts. Show me that you're not monetizing the debt. Show me that the that the money supply isn't rising. Of course, they don't even report the money supply as they used to in the states. They hide so, it. So, so how do you know that it's happening? What is the value of a dollar? What is the value of a dollar? If you don't know that, okay, there is a major issue with the dollar. And if you see prices rising all the time, that is an indication of inflation. So thankfully, we're not getting, you know, if you want to say lesser of two evils, okay, thankfully, we're not getting hyperinflation. But don't tell me inflation's at 2%. Well, that's just it. one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom is the website to go to. I will remind you as you're listening to this show, we are not, although we encourage the ownership of gold and silver, your financial planners. We are not your experts that are going to go in and pull apart, pick apart your portfolios. Leave that to the experts, the people that you trust. As Jeremy said before, there is balance in everything. Precious metals do not make up 100% of the value of what you own. And sometimes people would even say and argue that they're not an investment at all. They are a safety net, a, a policy of insurance. Now, getting back to that Charles Hugh Smith article, he's maintaining at this point in time, we are way overdue for a recession. But this is not the type of recession he lays out. And as we're discussing history, this is not the type of recession he lays out as an average uh, see it. It happens, it hits one or two sectors or portions of the economy. Some of us are not really impacted and then we rebound back and we see growth. That happened in Canada. Few sectors were touched by that recession of 08, 09 and the rest of us really just carried on, especially in the housing markets where we saw tremendous historical growth. He's saying, look at the bigger picture. Look historically at what has been the norm in recessions. And he counts five of them back to 73, 74. And quickly, in a nutshell, 73, 74, for those that were around, remember, that was all about industrial reset. That was all about high oil prices and the shock to the U.S. economy once OPEC raised their prices and punished the U.S. for supporting Israel. And that whole change that happened geopolitically is, again, one reason why you saw the price of gold go from $35 an ounce to $850 an ounce or some 2,300% higher in less than 10 years. And ultimately, their solution to this problem, well, they turned on the credit spigots. They turned on the printing machine. They doubled the amount of money in circulations between 71 and 1980. And their solution was, hey, we'll give easy money, low interest rates, that'll fuel the economy, and then we'll turn on a dime. And what happened? You had the early 80s and the Reagan era came in after Carter and you had tremendous bouts of inflation. You had tremendous bouts of high interest rates. You had mortgages that were being charged 20% plus. But the interest rates, when you see an interest rate go to double digits, that is an indication that the, the, the dollar is flailing, that there's a lack of confidence in that currency. Volcker was able to raise rates to double digits on the backs of the middle class that paid for that that high interest rate hike. And that money was taken from them as a result. They paid the the high interest rates on their mortgages, etc. You know, when you see when we talked about bankruptcies, when Greece was going bankrupt, the interest rates were through the roof. It's because the currency was was worthless. If a currency is at 20%, it's worthless. Now today we have low interest rates. So that's supposed to tell us that the that the dollar's strong? No, 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 no. It they can't even raise the rate because of the debts are so high. If it raised the rate one iota, that bu- that debt bubble would would burst like crazy. They already saw a, a little inkling of it back in December. Well, if you look at it from that perspective and you tie in the necessity to have insurance throughout your entire life, maybe it makes sense without even delving into this any further. To call that number, one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com. Pick up metal, buy silver and gold today. And moving on in terms of that trend that you're discussing, and we're saying this exists. This is history repeating itself, folks, is essentially what it is. 
We skip right through the 81-82 recession because Reagan is generally credited as bringing them out of there, but it's Paul Volcker of the Federal uh, Reserve, the chairman at that time, who actually starts to raise interest rates. And that's at a great pain, a great cost to the U.S. marketplace because auto sales plummet, housing sales plummet, but we get a ton of, of information that tells us it was the right thing to do. So ultimately, that was a trend in place, and that ended with that spigot being turned off. Okay, If we fast forward right up to 2001, 2002, that solution in that downturn was, again, open up the credit spigots and lower interest rates, and that's been ongoing ever since 2001, 2002, right through 08 and 09. But now you can't get to a semblance of normalcy and able to in order to lower those interest rates again. You can't because the the bubble that was created by low interest rates in housing, in autos, and other sectors like it is so big now that it dwarfs all the other ones in comparison. You could put them all together and stack them against so this which, one situation. Okay, so the this recession the recession hits. The recession hits. Uh, real estate takes a hit. Banking, they say they're they're pretty well um, capitalized at this point. The stocks take a hit. The auto industry takes a hit. Which which one is going to get the major bailouts, and who's going to pay for the bailouts this time? Well, that's the where's it going to come from? Question. Let's say it's not a million dollar question. Inflation now makes that a billion dollar question. So ultimately, we don't know if they turn on the printing machine again. They risk losing everything. They risk losing the confidence of the people, the confidence of other nations, and ultimately the control that they exercise by having the world's largest economy. Will they want to give that up? Who's going to be the one to live in that world? Own gold and silver for that alone, if not for speculation because you think the price is going far higher. Have that insurance policy in place. Get some physical metal at home. Store it. Make it safe. Put it in storage, whether you have a registered account with a TFSA, an RSP, whether you want to put it in a depository, even if you want to talk about other opportunities for you to bring your friends, family members, or anybody you know or love that you think should protect their wealth because you already have gold and silver, we will help you with that too. We are here at Guildhall Wealth. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. You are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management, and we'll be right back on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. All right. Welcome back once again to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. Thank you for staying tuned. And again, a big thank you to all of the new clients this week. We want to welcome you to these markets. In particular, I would like to point out an individual that has been thinking about or had been thinking about getting in the markets for two years, listening to our show for two years, always having her pulse on that button and saying to herself, I'm going to get into the market, I'm going to get into the market, and never doing it. She comes to the seminar? Two weeks ago. She didn't need to because she talked herself into doing it prior to coming to the seminar. What was her? Raj, I want to welcome you to the market. We, uh, We went all gold with Raj. She decided to buy all gold. Very excited for her. It is an extremely... Uh, important story to be told because hers is one of managing her own individual wealth. Hers is one of trying to get through the rigors of understanding the financial markets. And hers is a story that is similar to so many other people out there. She made one call. We spent a half hour on the phone. She got connected to our firm. She was absolutely ecstatic and shared so much positive feedback about the experience. And uh, this is, again, a person who's not traditionally focused on hard assets. This is a person who has invested in all paper assets, has tried to manage her wealth accordingly, take care of herself, and make sure that she has wealth for the long term. She just did not want to wait any longer. And I think if the price continues to improve as it has been in a year from now, I can't even tell you where she might be in terms of her position. She's so excited and so happy about being here. So welcome aboard, Raj. Your story is one that we like to share because it's the same as so many other, whether they're blue-collar, white-collar entrepreneurs, teachers, janitors, plumbers, lawyers. Heck, our seminar this past weekend had two financial planners sitting there with clients in the audience, and those two clients both bought. So it's exciting to see that happening, and the reasons why, those are up to well, you. Maybe, but, and you and maybe that comes back to the Charles Hughes Smith article about this idea that we've been, we've been in a supposed expansion for over a decade, and you know all expansions come to an end, and we see 
here at Guildhall, we do see people who have had a portfolio. Well, where has it gone over the last few years? How come the stock market keeps going up in, in the States, but yet the that's not translating somehow to their portfolio? And maybe part of that is just making a change. Maybe part of it is understanding that this is a commodity that you're physically owning versus putting money into the ether kind of thing. Um, that's a wonderful thing about gold. Hold it in your hand. Gold is a hard asset. It is your wealth and you're building your wealth. And we find even those who do the monthly buyers, Darren, that, you know, why in why put money into a bank where you're getting maybe a couple percent a year when you could be acquiring a physical asset that is storing wealth long term. Share the and input. just keep putting that physical asset aside and constantly accumulating it. And you turn around after a year or two and you go, Fantastic. You know, you hope that the price doesn't go up, but you hope the price goes up. That's it. You know, you're putting away 500 a month in savings because you're not sure what to do with it. 250 in the savings, 250 in the to physical gold and silver. It's liquid. You can sell it, and you don't have to use Guild Hall. We're happy ounces. to help you. But I mean, you know what? You could take that pretty much anywhere to any place in any city, and you could probably convert that to cash. You can probably use that in other places. That's the benefit of owning a liquid hard asset like gold and silver. Now, that being said, getting back to this Charles Hughes articles, what's the outcome? Where are we heading? Why is this so important to learn from history and the repetition of that credit bubble? Well, as it turns out, he says, no longer content with blowing one credit speculative bubble at a time, central bankers have now coordinated their efforts since 2009 and inflated the everything bubble. But the everything bubble has not resolved or even addressed the multiple structural imbalances in the U.S. and global economies. It merely papered over them with a triple whammy credit speculative, and he uses the term orgy, but again, you know, as that relates to it, I don't mean to be facetious sounding or use an incorrect word, but he uses orgy of unprecedented enormity. And he says, unlike the 70s, 80s, 90s, or 2000, wages earned income, which back then in those recessions improved and got better over time because we were building and we were manufacturing and we had the boom of digital and we had the boom of so many areas. Unlike that time, real earned wages have not risen for the bottom 90%. During central bank everything bubble since 2009, we have not seen any real wage growth. And he says it isn't just the stock buybacks, which we've talked about, and other financier speculations that are funded by a debt. A great deal of consumption that was once paid out of earnings revenue is now paid by debt. Higher education, paving of roads, auto repairs. Now you're getting into infrastructure with debt. And that is no solution going forward because eventually that debt is owned by somebody else, which means either they're going to own the road, they're going to own the school, they're going to own the building yeah, that you work in, or you're going to go and find a way to live through some real pain. During that moment, I can think of nothing better historically for thousands of years to hold as an insurance policy other than gold and silver. Well, you know, when, when trust flies out the window, right, you need, you need something that you can trust, and that's where precious metals come, in, come into play. And it's also important to trust where you're physically storing that product and how you're storing that product. So, for example, there's a lot of different paper investments out there where, oh, it's backed by gold. Um, oh, there's physical gold there. Look, unless you have serial numbers, unless you're allowed access to the vault or you know access to your physical product to personally hold it, that's counterparty risk. And if you're going to own gold or silver you want to know that it's yours and nobody else's. And that's what we provide through Guildhall is there is absolutely 100% no question that when you're acquiring product through us, that it is your physical product. And if you're doing that to hedge against everything that you're talking about, Darren, or to hedge against potential bail-ins, or just to hedge against the fact that the government doesn't produce wealth, all they can do is take it away through taxation and inflation. You get it, you get it from both sides. Right, you're being squeezed in a sandwich of wealth stealing. Right, there's. I love that commercial. Hands in your pocket. Right. We get a lot of entrepreneurs at Guildhall because they really understand that that concept. Um, but we're trying to wake people up in the sense, right, Darren, of saying, look, you you got to be aware that this currency is losing value and it's being, and the wealth is being stolen from you directly. And the only way to protect yourself against that are hard assets that are outside the banking system, 
you know, you can put cash under the bed. And then the the bank prints twice as much. So let's get and some. then it's it's worth half as what it was five years ago or ten years ago, right? Let's get some. Go over to the website guildhallwealth.com. Take a look at the bars, the coins, gold, silver, maybe a bit of both for you. Depends who you are. Depends what you like. Depends what your heart and your gut are telling you. That's your choice, not ours. And ask questions. Call the number one eight seven seven eight silver. That's the number to call one eight seven seven eight silver. An easy one to remember one eight seven seven eight silver and use it often. We're here to listen. We want to help you. And this is one way that we know we can do this. You can add gold and silver as easy as giving us a phone call or going online to that website using the e-store to make your first purchase. But either way, no matter how you do it, make sure you do it. It is important because as Charles Hugh Smith says in the final bit of this article, welcome to the recession of 2019-2021 when central bank policies are finally revealed as the source of half our problems rather than the solution. That would mark the first time in history outside of this article. That would mark the first time in history, Jeremy, in which the people view the Fed as the problem and not the solution. And that is when you get fireworks in a market like gold and silver. Now, speaking of metals, we also had an article, an interview this week from Jim Cook uh, with Ted Butler. It was an interesting one, a very important one, and I will warn our listeners Ted Butler is very biased towards silver. He believes, like we do, that it is one of the most undervalued assets in the entire world. But these interviews come out every so often. They're special. They're a treat, if you will. And uh, as the article here says with Jim Cook, Theodore Butler writes a newsletter on silver. He is considered by many to be the world's foremost authority on silver. 18 years ago, he predicted that silver would go up 10 times, which it did. We caught up with him at his home in Florida. And the first question is asked. As the world's leading silver bull, are you expecting fireworks in silver? His answer, more so than ever. The question, you know, of course, that a lot of people who own silver have grown impatient. What do you say to them? I feel the same impatience. However, my expectations are based upon an extremely bullish set of facts. Impatience has nothing to do with it. I I understand that completely. I mean, I'm a, I'm a precious metals, uh, card-carrying precious metals holder, right? But I've been in the market for a long time, and I've seen how it's continued to rise over time. It doesn't necessarily have to have crazy fireworks every day. As the, the difficulty with precious metals in some way is that you approach it like an investment. You say, oh, okay, I'll buy it today, and then I want the price to go through the roof tomorrow, like a scratch-and-win ticket, like a lotto ticket, Right. But you start to realize, well, wait a minute, it's actually a place where I'm just storing my wealth. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to invest money to create wealth. The idea that the stock market will create wealth over time. Well, a lot of people will question that and are questioning that these days. You know, you got to be really good to be able to make that type of money. And there are those people out there. And and for those that can make 20% a year on their investments using the stock market, you don't need gold, I guess. But the idea of protecting wealth long term to me says, look, I'd love the price to go up tomorrow. I also like the idea of being able to continue to accumulate. It goes when it goes. But knowing where how undervalued it is, right? That gold against the debt right now could go to 15,000. Gold against the Dow right now, one to one ratio could go to 15,000, right? Against the debt, 850, which was the high in 1980, to $1 trillion would put gold somewhere in the 15, 16,000 range. How many ounces of gold do you need to buy a house, right? In 1980, you could buy a house in in Rosedale, Toronto for like 250 ounces. Today, you need something like 1,000 ounces. So you can see where gold is undervalued, and yet it's still continued to rise. Gold in the last five years in Canadian dollars has averaged well over 5% a year. I'm talking like 6, 7% a year, which is incredible. Okay, it's not the 12, 23 or higher that we saw earlier in the 2000s, but it's still pretty good. And it's still crazy undervalued. And looking at the everything bubble, where else are you supposed to put your money? Why wouldn't you go to somewhere that's undervalued? So I understand the frustration, but we also have to look at the upside. And I guess that's why it's great to read Ted Butler, right? It is. And he says in this as a question relating to what the potential upside is, 
What are some of those bullish arguments, is asked of Ted Butler. His answer, silver has never been more necessary. It is a vital component of just about every modern product. Production of silver has been flat for years. Quite simply, there will not be enough silver to go around, and price rationing will be required. The question, anything else? He says, in the answer, what makes the case for buying silver so compelling is the current low price. If silver was priced at 30, 50, or even 100 an ounce, the argument for buying would be much less compelling. Now, he says, as a question, people want a reason for this long period of depressed prices to end. Do you see any reason? And the answer, yes, I do. On November 6th, one of the situations that he has long-term said has an existing problem in the market is the fact that the powers that be do not want to see the price of gold and silver go higher because, of course, gold is anti-dollar. Gold goes higher, usually the direct correlation is that the U.S. dollar weakens. He says, on November the 6th, the Department of Justice announced it was conducting an investigation of manipulation into various precious metals prices on the COMEX. You hear that, folks? We don't get into this very often, and it's important to point out. The reason we don't get into this very often is because this is a matter of hearsay. It is a matter of situations which we're not experts in. But if there ever was a reason to buy an undervalued asset, one that's risen almost 300% since we opened our doors and is being argued as held back, Think of it then like a slingshot, and Butler is trying to make this exact argument. If, in fact, the government did not want the price of gold and silver to go higher, and if, in fact, we've already seen them go to 1900 in gold and $49 in silver, then this is nothing more than a slingshot being pulled back, and it is being tested to its limits, one which has been pulled back since 2002. Eventually, when that slingshot gets let go, it is going to go so fast, so high, that when Paul says it's better to be two months, two years, two weeks, too early than to be two days too late, that will be the understatement of the decade as far as this is concerned. So we'll make this particular interview, because I don't want to take up any more time, available in our weekly uh, newsletter as well as the other article that we discussed today. But do yourself a favor, folks. Get into this market. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com is the website to go to. We can help you put metal into an RSP. There is still some time to do that. We can also help you get it into a TFSA any time of the year, or maybe it's a good time right now to be starting something for the kids. Maybe you want to put it into an RESP and have a little bit of matching potential there from the government for your contributions. All kinds of awesome things that are available to you under the RSP umbrella. And if it's just coming in to talk, sit down and ask us about how to own gold and silver, we will show you multiple ways and we're happy to work with you every step of the way. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com is the website. When we come back from our final break, we're going to be talking a little bit about Pink Diamonds, El Rosa, one of the world's largest diamond mines, and uh, we're going to wrap up the show, talk a bit more about gold and silver and what the week might hold for us. We are excited. It is the Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management, and we hope you stay tuned. You are listening on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm Darren Long. I am the Senior Vice President of Sales at Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm accompanied today, as always, by Jeremy Wiseman, the Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. Jeremy, what a busy show we've had this week. In fact, our last segment cut down by half because in our third segment, we were uh, talking and discussing the potential of silver well, not only are gold and silver fantastic right now in terms of the buy opportunities that they present, but our third offering for clients, which they often take advantage of, is colored diamonds. Now, colored diamonds, without getting into them, hold some of the same fundamentals as gold and silver in terms of their price valuations. In this particular market, you are looking for one key ingredient, which is rarity. They are far more rare than gold and silver. And uh, when we're talking about colors as of late, we've been talking about vivid yellows and pinks in particular. Those are where you're still finding tremendous amounts of value before that perfect storm hits. Uh, in, uh, in the case of the vivid yellow, I believe now in our ownership, for those that are interested, we have in stock one, just one, 1.16 fancy vivid yellow flawless diamond. 
That means the four C's are perfect, folks. In other words, you're getting the finest specimen of a vivid diamond that you can get. Now, are they available regularly? No. Do they hold the hallmarks we're looking for? Rarity? Yes. Do they hold the hallmarks of valuation we're looking for? Yes. We got a good deal on this diamond. We're happy to do it. And Paul was very, very lucky. The last one we had went very fast because, as you know, as a listener to this show, vivid yellows are where it's at. In terms of gains, we're seeing anywhere from 8, 10, 12, 15, maybe even higher, depending on what the next couple of years holds for yellow diamonds. Now, this is a 1.16 on the rarity scale. I don't even have to go look it up. We will do this in a previous show, next show. We'll probably highlight this as Diamond of the Week in our weekly newsletter. But this is going to be one of only a handful of diamonds like it that come out of the ground in a year. That means the whole world, billions of people could fight for this, but only one of only a few would be able to have a diamond of this quality. What are your thoughts, Jeremy, on this diamond? It's Well, I looked at it yesterday, and it's, it's just it's tremendous. It's a beautiful color. It's pure, pure yellow, strong, strong color. Um, it's a radiant cut. It's, uh, you know, when you think about a radiant, you think either square or rectangular. Um, it is more on the rectangular side, but it's still great shape. Um, and uh, the cut of the diamond in terms of, you know, the, the depth of the diamond and the width of the diamond are bang on, which is probably why it's showing such great, uh, great light and great color for that, for that reason. You know, you don't see a lot of flawless diamonds out there, so um, very few indeed. White diamonds aren't rare. Even colored diamonds aren't necessarily rare. But once you get up into, you know, intense yellows, vivid yellows in the internally flawless range, you're finding a lot of rarity. It's definitely extremely rare. We'll take that one more level further to a flawless, a needle in a haystack. I mean, a, a diamond, flawless, internally flawless, there would be in the radiant cuts about just over 50 a year would be submitted to GIA between one and three carats. Say it again. Between one and 50. three carats, approximately 50 diamonds a year are going to be submitted at the radiant cut. So if you start to kind of just divide that about into that, a third for the ones that are one carat, one third up in the two carats. This is where you don't really know. But you can but you can kind of guesstimate, okay, mm -hmm. well, yes, it's internally flawless. How many are at the just over a carat that are internally flawless? How many of those at one carat internally flawless have great cuts, right? Great cuts mm -hmm. that aren't skinny rectangles, that aren't really wide, uh, perfect square cuts, right? That are kind of shallow, um, you know, that are really meeting those exact standards. So I think once you get down to the nitty gritty of what's actually out there, um, with gold and silver, we have a, a motto and a smell test. If you can't hold it, you don't own it. And when it comes to a natural fancy color diamond, the smell test is go find one. That's right. Go, go find one. You know, um, if someone came to me, um, I'd, I'd say, yeah, I can go to all my clients. You know, clients over the last decade have done nothing but buy incredibly uh, great quality natural fancy color diamonds. So if I, if I was pressed to find a, a vivid yellow internally flawless, I could do it. But I'm in how the many, business, and we've been doing it. How many flawless would you find? Flawless. Um, I, I remember you had a client. Third one we've had. I remember you had a client that put it into a pinky ring, which yeah. was kind of uh, you shouldn't be doing that, but that's what they did. I remember we had a flawless um, a few months back, and then we have this one. Um, stretch to think of anything beyond that. Under though, five you? in our history. Under five, yeah. In, in vivid yellows. Yeah. In vivid yellows, I think three. Yeah. In five in total. The one on the pinky ring was an intense, flawless. Oh, it was an intense? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense now that I think about the picture from of it. Price, yeah, from a yeah, price yeah. standpoint, too, was less, yes. Yeah. But ultimately, folks, this is a great way to pad your investment in gold and silver or vice versa. Start with a diamond, a vivid yellow's great space to start. Now, we're not going to say the price because to say the price on this particular diamond would do an injustice uh, to, to the long-term valuation of what we believe would be the average starting price of a vivid, internally flawless diamond. The reason this one single diamond 
was put up for sale is because it is a favor to Paul. Paul exercises right on that favor, and we have one available. So it'll be first come on this one. But between the, the yellows and the pinks, Darren, the, the, the increase in value is there. You know, right. there, there's been times where it's, it's increased rapidly and times where it's plateaued. But what's great about the colored diamond market is it's a small market, number one. Number two, there's no leverage in it. So that's where you, that's where you get volatility in markets, where there's, where there's leverage and there's, there's credit and, and debt and these types of things. There is none of that in colored diamonds. You know, when we've had a client acquire a half a million dollar uh, diamond in the past, pink diamond or red diamond that we've had in the past, that was full cash. That's right. Like as in not not dollar bills, but like paid for. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com is the website. And we will put this El Rosa article in there. It talks about another pink that they uncovered, 14 carats, a huge pink diamond. El Rosa is one of the largest diamond producers in the world. And they have reported in this particular article that they have seen an increase at wholesale price in the last decade across all colored diamonds, an average of 12% per year. And that is, in their words, not ours, and they are selling to the to the obvious distribution market, people like us and others that find these one in a million diamonds. So it is important to note that, and it is part of what we can do here at Guildhall Wealth for you in terms of your purchases. Now, that being said, in addition to calling that number, ask for the diamond brochure. Get that information so you can educate yourself not only on gold and silver, but the other part of this. Remember, there are two parts to this, precious metals and the colored diamonds. Now, getting back to the whole thing as a package, we promise that if you are interested in a colored diamond, in adding it or talking about it, we will find a way to give you tremendous value in a colored diamond and we'll put it in together with some gold and silver, whether that's in a registered account, diamonds cannot be put in a registered account, or whether that is in a, just a straight-up purchase, we promise to do that. We've talked this week about the Charles Hugh Smith article. It'll be included in this week's newsletter all about what is happening in the economy. Folks, we may be on the doorstep of the next recession. In fact, Charles Hugh Smith believes 2019 is all about the start of that next recession, and this one could be the worst yet. We like to see that people are smart, they are thinking about their wealth, and they want to do what's right. Have an insurance policy, folks. That, for us, happens to be precious metals. We hope to share that same passion and desire to protect yourself. If you want to get into the market, don't forget. You can put this in an RSP, such as an RRSP, a spousal RSP. You can do a TFSA. We'll show you how to do that. We still have the offer for the free grams of gold. For every 5,000, you'll get one free gram of gold. That's U.S. dollars spent up to a maximum of 10. You can get into our depository account, which is just a straight storage account. Come in, show us your budget, work with us to get what you want and store it. Go and visit it, see it. Take it home if you want to buy it through the e-store. The number to call, one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. As always, we will remind you to take care of those less fortunate than you. If you're out in cold weather, please remember to share a few extra dollars with those in need. We want to thank you for listening. We want to thank those who came to the seminar, and it's been a fantastic week. We look forward to speaking with you next week on The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. On behalf of Jeremy Wiseman and myself, Darren Long, thank you for listening. You have been tuned into Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.